Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little boy named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. Thanks for supporting us for the past 100 episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page, where you can find out how you can join us for our monthly patron webinar, where we do a deeper dive discussion about all things perimenopause. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. It's Dr. Lisa today, and I have a special guest, Sarah Robertson-Barnes. We're going to be talking about sustainable living and sustainable parenting and how to live with low waste or zero waste, which to me sounds pretty tricky, but I'm, I'm so excited to learn how. Um, so it's a unique topic that we haven't really discussed yet on the podcast. And it's so important because we are leaving the earth, the environment to our kids. And if they have kids and every little bit we do today will influence generations to come. So first I'll introduce Sarah. Sarah Robertson Barnes lives in the suburbs with her husband, two elementary age kids and rescue dog. She is the founder of the Sustainable in the Suburbs blog, focusing on living low waste in a culture of convenience and making sustainable parenting both accessible and affordable. Offering a mix of practical tips and deeper dives, she shows that a sustainable lifestyle with kids is not only possible, but critically important. Sarah is also a zero waste educator, speaker and consultant. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to unpack this topic and start to get some practical ideas that we can implement in our day to day to really influence the health of our planet and our kids. Um, So I want to understand. Yeah, I think it's so important. I love the work that you're doing. Um, So I'd love to get So um, how did you get to where you are today, educating and promoting how to live sustainably, parent sustainably, and minimize our waste impact on the environment? So I um, was always called a tree hugger growing up. (laughs) Um, So I think this has always been just a part of who I am. Uh, But I was very fortunate in high school to have a really amazing science teacher who very much focused on uh, impact on the environment. Um, You may remember back in the 90s, we had a course called Environmental Science for grade 12s, which is sadly no longer on the curriculum, but was really transformative for me, Uh, so much so that I ended up becoming a science teacher uh, due to her influence and me wanting to pass that passion along. Um, And so I did that for a little while and then started going through a lot of menstrual issues Um, And then infertility and repeat pregnancy loss. And that really sent me down the rabbit hole on Google as far as how our everyday products uh, and their plastic packaging could possibly be influencing that. 
And then on the other side, after we we had had our two children, it was really important to me um, to raise them in a way that sort of limited those things. And it was around that same time that I found the book, My Plastic Free Life by Beth Terry, um, which took me into looking at it as a larger picture global issue. And then I found the hashtag Zero Waste on Instagram. And here we are. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your journey. A lot of times we don't talk about the challenges that we may go through when, you know, getting our period or trying to get Mm -hmm. pregnant or stay pregnant. So I really appreciate you sharing that and that you then used those challenges to do research and then turn around and educate us and kids on how to prevent the ill health effects that plastics and other environmental um, chemicals have on our bodies. So that's Mm -hmm. very very powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, And then what are you like, what are you focusing on right now? And you know, what are what do people come to you for? When I first found the zero waste hashtag, I thought it was interesting to see other people sort of doing the things that I was doing. But it was presented in a way that was really aesthetic. Um, and I felt really inaccessible because I'm not 25 and don't live in a city and I have two kids and I have to use a car to do things um, and that sort of thing. And so I really started focusing on how can we live sustainably in the suburbs, an area that is absolutely not designed for that. And I wanted to make um, sort of low waste living tips, sustainable living, whatever it is you want to call it, accessible to people like me. I'm just sure your average soccer mom who, you know, has to go to the big box stores. Uh, In many cases, that's all we have access to. So what are some things that we can do in our lives with our circumstances and our access to take climate action? Mm -hmm. I would say you're more than an average mom. (laughs) (laughs) But you're living kind of average mom life in terms of, you know, with the commute, needing a car, you know, you have to run around and do errands and use the resources Mm -hmm. around you. But I love that you're figuring out ways to do it sustainably. So maybe we should define for our listeners, like what is sustainable living, sustainable parenting? What are some of these terms that you're talking about? What do they actually mean? So for me, sustainable living means trying to make the smallest impact I possibly can on the planet. We still have to consume things. We still live in the systems that we live in. I mentioned that I have to take a car to the grocery store, for example, those kinds of things. It also means opting out of our consumerist culture. Um, So that means looking for things secondhand first, whether it's the thrift store or your buy nothing group or Facebook marketplace, what have you. Um, Canceling Amazon, which is a sticky one, but it can be done. Um, So things like that, really taking a step back and thinking about what it is that we actually need uh, to have a thriving life and what things can we do without. Well, it's promising to hear that it is possible with having little kids (laughs) needing to drive a car. Like what are some strategies that we can implement, whether we're in the city or the suburbs ourselves, as well as our kids to really reduce our impact? I'm sure there's so many different ways, but what would be some of your, you know, start with these ways? So I'm going to take a two prong approach here. The one is going to be big, big picture. And then I'll give a couple of um, smaller tips. Um, So the big picture, simply put, is to stop buying stuff. 
Um, we're all we're all guilty of this. We all grew up in the same culture with the same cultural messaging um, about purchasing, purchasing, purchasing. And it's really difficult to untrain yourself from that. Uh, the way that we did that was first, we started making like a weekly Amazon list and then sending it at the end of the week. You'll find that the things that you put in there on Monday, you can't remember why they were on Friday. And then we extended it to a month. Then we canceled Prime. So then we were, you know, waiting till the end of the month. And then we just stopped using it altogether. Um, it's really difficult to do things cold turkey. Uh, and so we just sort of habituated those things out. And at the same time, started looking for things secondhand first. So if it's something that you really need, chances are it's probably already out there in your community. Um, so my biggest tip is to really take a look at what it is that you're what you're purchasing and if it's something that you actually need or want. And that's really hard. Uh, so if you're looking for an easy tip to start with, um, I always encourage folks to start in their kitchens um, with what we're purchasing that we're just throwing away. Um, and so the two biggest things there are typically paper towels and plastic uh, food storage. So whether that's, you know, saran wrap or Ziploc bags. Um, and if you can replace those with something that is reusable, you're going to save money and you're going to drastically reduce your, your waste. Mm -hmm. Those are some great tips. So there's a lot of options for little kind of like cloth napkins and things that you can buy a whole yeah. stack of, right? And then just wash right. them as you go. And then there's lots of like silicone bags and things that you can mm -hmm. use that are reusable. So those All are that really kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keeping in mind that like we can't buy our way to living more sustainably, but there are certain things that we can purchase that are reusable that will last a really, really long time which means that we're not constantly buying the take make waste um, mm -hmm. cycle. So it doesn't mean that you have to have that, you know, perfect white walls, bamboo plants sort of aesthetic. That's really not what real life looks like. Um, it's just finding ways to reduce and reuse and then recycle. Mm -hmm. No, that's amazing. So I guess ultimately, yeah, if we could look at the fabrics we have and, you know, the goal, like the gold standard would be, you know, kind of cut them into reusable napkins or make sure. little baggies. But that's obviously taking it to the next level where a lot of, right. you know, busy moms may not be, but some people like doing that sort of a thing. So that could be a project. But I think our listeners probably had a bit of a panic yeah. when you cancel Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah, is sure. And I mean, that could be like a level five thing. It really depends on where you live and what you have access to. So if you're living in like a rural area and it's just not possible to find what you need on, you know, Valley Village or on Facebook Marketplace or whatever, then you need to do what you need to do. Um, so if it's not possible, that's fine. Just work on something else. There are lots of different uh, ways into this work that are going to suit, you know, what you're good at and what your needs are and what you're able to do in your community. Mm -hmm, I just have to, with the paper towel example, I do, I do just kind of have to laugh at that a little bit because that's usually where I lose people. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've just had a system going for the last 20 years of sort of downgrading my tea towels and then they become cleaning towels. I just put an X on them with a Sharpie. And then I know that that's a cleaning towel, not a, not a nice towel. Um, and same thing with the cloth napkins. I think I got ours in 2005, 2006, somewhere around there. Um, and they're, they're still, they're still going strong. I promise yeah. it's not more laundry. It's just a few extra things. Um, totally. you know, it's, it's not even a full load a month. <laughs> 
totally. If I'm, if I'm having a good day, I have like, we have reusable napkins too. And I'll yeah. use that maybe with my breakfast and lunch. And then I'll wash it, you know, when I do the next load of laundry, but I still yep. use some paper towels. So, you know, I'm working on phasing it out, but uh, my attention hasn't really been there for a while. So I think having this discussion yeah. is going to bring that attention back or intention back. And that's and totally I- fair. Like, yeah, we all have things that impact our mental load from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes it literally is just easier. Like they're called convenience products for a reason. And, um, you know, sometimes we really do need those things. It is what it is. Um, if you're able to do the thing, that's amazing. Do the thing. And if you're not, that's also fine. There's going to be a time when you have more capacity to do those things. We need mm-hmm. everybody doing something, not everything. Right. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. There's different seasons in our life where we can do more. Sometimes we can't right. do everything we want to do, but that's okay. And I think our listeners yeah. might be wondering, you know, and, and I get a sense of why ordering from Amazon is bad, but can you like bad mm-hmm. for the environment and possibly other things too? Can you explain kind of the reasoning behind that? Sure. It's It really helps us to impulse buy. So, oh, I need this. I'm going to put it in the Amazon cart and it's going to be here tomorrow. And it has eliminated our, the way that we need to actually sit and think like, do I actually need this? Can I find this somewhere else? Can I borrow this from somebody? Do I have something else that will work? It's completely eliminated our resourcefulness. Um, So there's one, it's terrible for the environment in terms of emissions. Um, You know, if it comes to you the very next day, uh, that's a van that's just driving around and it's coming in uh, non-recyclable packaging. There's the shipping emissions from where it comes all over the world. Uh, When things are returned to Amazon, they are very likely to end up in landfill because it's cheaper for them to just write it off rather than pay a human being to restock it. Uh, And of course, we're we're contributing to the wealth of um, billionaires who have huge ecological footprints, more than um, you know, the average person could do in 5,000 lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, 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 there's some pretty big reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I never want to make anybody feel guilty for doing what they have to do. Um, we don't, we just, we live in an imperfect system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea though, yeah. of making that list and then making it like at the end of the week, look and see if you still need it. Maybe you had a chance to walk somewhere local and get it or you're like, I don't actually need that anymore and then move it to like a monthly list. So at least you're minimizing the shipments and probably dropping off how much you need to um, get and consume. So I love that. And yeah. again, we're moving more towards in our household, more secondhand clothing. It started with my son because he grows so quickly and I was like, why yes. not he's not even going to wear through it so and then now that I've been going to look for him then I'll look for some clothes for me and I'm fascinated at how much like how many good options there are and they're in really good shape people probably just got sick of certain pieces of clothing Mm -hmm. right not that Mm -hmm. they have holes or anything so I think going to your local value village um, secondhand store you'll probably be surprised at even the brands and the quality that's there it's it's actually improved from the days when I was in high school where yes holes in it and my mom was like why are you buying that we can afford new clothes but it was yep. the cool thing to do <laughs> there are so many great apps now too where um i i like actually going into a brick and mortar i'm a i'm a visual sort of tactile person so i like to shop for my clothes that way um but my husband uses poshmark um which is a, a secondhand selling app because he knows you know i mean men's clothing is also easier to fit um but he knows i like these jeans and these shorts and these kinds of shirts from these brands And so he just has, you know, a search set for that and okay, great. So now I have three new pairs of shorts from 
someone that's, you know, here in the greater Toronto area and then he's done and he knows exactly that it's going to fit and he doesn't have to pay full price, doesn't have to go out looking. It saves him a lot of time. And uh, that's one way actually that I got him into to all of this sort of sustainable living was introducing him to Kijiji. I love and now that. he's a wizard at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I'll have to link to that Poshmark app. So that sounds very useful too. But the, you know, the big problem I think is, you know, obviously the influence that media has on our kids and, you know, I mm-hmm. think obviously curating their media experience and social media experience is important, but at the end of the day, they still want stuff. Like how do you have this conversation with your kids and what yeah. are some strategies to use there? So I mentioned earlier, we've started, we've been doing this since they were born, but they are 10 and 12 now. So I have two tweens um, who see stuff on YouTube, they have their peers, all of that kind of stuff. So it's all the same pressures that any other parent is is facing. Um, But because we've been doing this for a while, if they are looking for something, they'll say, can we look for this video game on Kijiji? Does the library have this? Um, every brick of Lego in our house, uh, my husband found on Kijiji. Same thing with clothes. They want a certain kind of jeans. We go to Poshmark um, for their shoes, things like that. Um, they're just used to that being the way that we do things. Um, that said, if you're brand new to this, um, I think if you sat down at the dinner table and maybe asked your kids what they think about, you know, what do you what do you know about the climate? What do you know about the environment? Uh, youth are really tuned into this. And when you open up that conversation, you can start to say things like, well, how can we reduce our footprint here at home? What are some things that are really important to you? And how could we maybe do that a little differently? Because uh, they know about stuff that I've never even heard of, um, you know, different apps or different um, climate activists, all this kind of stuff. So I'm learning a lot from them now at this stage as well. But making them a part of it is key. Mm-hmm. I love that getting them on board and, yeah. and involved and letting them know like they can still get some of those things, but it's going to look a little differently than maybe how their friend got it. And then looking at yeah, like, yeah, what do you need? What do you want? Prioritizing and and going from there and having those important conversations. I think they are really um, learning more about this in school than we did instead of just waiting till that grade 12 environmental science class. Yeah, that it's not we need it now more than ever that they don't have it. Yeah. Oh, geez. Are you going into the school boards? Are they having people come in and educate like outside people outside of the teachers educate about all of this? Um, that I'm not sure of. I mean, the pandemic really threw a lot of things out of whack uh, with that. But prior to that, I was going into at least my kids' classrooms and talking to the kids about um, how to divert waste properly based on what's in their lunch bags. So whatever's in your lunch bag is in your lunch bag. We we didn't really touch that. But instead, I talked about, you know, what goes in the garbage and what goes in the compost and why and what goes in recycling and why. So that's when they were a lot smaller and the kids were really into that and they really understood it. Um, But I think we think that everybody knows how to recycle and we don't. So that was a really good place for me to start on a classroom level. But I do think that there needs to be a lot more uh, done in classrooms to educate uh, kids on climate action and not just, you know, tips and tricks, but how they can get engaged in their community and with their representatives. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's important too. Yeah, because we were notified that, you know, ideally the kids bring in a zero waste lunch, which is great, mm-hmm. but there was no other information given. So some people would be like, well, what does that mean? And yes, I want to mm-hmm. give them a granola bar, but I can't always make it or, you know, looking at um, different solutions and options on how to make that happen with, you know, busy parents. So like it's starting, but yeah, it's not quite there, but that's great. You've been going into your kids' classes and there's opportunity for that. Um, and we mm-hmm. know right now we're recording, what are we, October 16th, Halloween's right. coming up. So oh. we know the holidays <laughs> are huge waste generators and kids get yes. so much stuff that they don't even use. This is a whole other topic I'm sure we mm-hmm. can get you on for, but like any tips for Halloween and Christmas, just looking ahead as we're starting to think about, you know, people, I guess there's like those big sales on Amazon for yeah. Thanksgiving. What can we do to minimize our holiday waste? So for Thanksgiving, which or not Thanksgiving, excuse me, Halloween, which is coming up uh, very quickly, um, just a couple of tips would be, I mean, the candy bar waste, that's going to happen. Um, you know, not letting our kids trick or treat was just like not an option for us. And so instead, what we did was try to divert that waste. And um, there's a company called TerraCycle. Um, and here in Canada, you can order, uh, it's called like a zero waste box. Um, and you can put uh, plastic wrappers in it. So, you know, your candy bar wrappers, granola bar wrappers, that sort of thing. Um, and then you send it back to them and they turn it into, you know, composite decking or a bench or, or something else. It is ultimately landfill bound, but it will turn it into a usable item that will last for a few more decades. So keeping it in use and out of the landfill. Um, you can also purchase your candy in bulk. And so I do that uh, locally here at Bulk Barn just to reduce some packaging. Um, As far as costumes go, um, costumes these days are treated as single use. So they're worn once and then they either end up in the trash or at the thrift store where about 80% of what's donated ends up in the trash. Uh, So just to be mindful of that. Last year, we did our make our own costumes. My son wanted to be a pirate. So we just did that, you know, floating around the thrift store uh, for what we could find. And it came out amazing. And uh, the rest of the costumes we've all either found on our buy nothing group or at the thrift store. And so there's tons of them available right now. So you could pick one of those up and give your old costumes away. I'm about to list ours on buy nothing today uh, that no longer fit the kids. Uh, So I'm really actually looking forward to that. Um, And then finally, uh, I'm going to ask you to, if you can, eat your pumpkin. Um, Millions upon, yeah, millions upon millions of pumpkins end up in landfill um, across North America. And unfortunately, nothing breaks down in a landfill, not even food. Uh, So if you can eat or compost your pumpkin, that would be awesome. Uh, For holiday waste, now is the time to start talking with your family about gifts uh, before everybody's done all their shopping. Um, And, you know, talk about how you're really trying to either reduce clutter in your house or reduce your waste, reduce your carbon footprint. Um, However it is you want to approach it with your family, I know that can be really dicey. Um, Or ask for things that are low waste. So say, you know, we'd really love you... um, if you want to get the kids something this year, uh, how about a season's pass to Wonderland? Or, you know, they'd love a pass to the art gallery for the year, something like that. Um, In the past, we've asked for swimming lessons, and that was really great. 
um, a skating pass, things like that, that can be used over and over that isn't stuff. Those are amazing. And then yeah, yeah. On, on my blog, I have a whole like list of different low waste options and different ways you can wrap your gifts uh, with zero waste, that sort of thing. But yeah, we could definitely talk about Christmas as, all day long. <laughs> That's a, like a whole other can of worms, right? But starting to think about it Ooh, now. So yes. Patients have more experiences. Think about those seasons passes. Those are mm-hmm. all amazing suggestions. And there is a website then called Buy Nothing Today. Can can you tell us about that? Yeah. So the Buy Nothing Project, um, it's I still believe that it's still based on Facebook. I know they're trying to sort of get their own platform off the ground, but they are still primarily based on Facebook. So just give a search uh, locally for Buy Nothing. My local group is called Pass It On. Uh, So check for that as well. And it's basically a place where you can exchange goods and services within your community. So looking at the circular economy and the sharing economy here. Um, So if there's something that you have, um, I would encourage you to actively give it away rather than um, doing a giant thrift store donation. Uh, So for example, I've never had anything not picked up, including, you know, nail polish that I didn't like the color of. I'd be like, you know, I use this one. It's not for me. And then somebody will come and get it. Um, You can also say you're in search of something. So I was in search of a glass lid for a vintage jar that I have and smashed it on my counter. And it turned out somebody had broken their jar and only had the lid. So <laughs> wow, <that's laughs> there's the a most likely, <laughs> right? And I mean, that was thrilling for me. Um, so basically buy nothing. Yeah, it's a place where you can either post a good or a service that you have, you know, like, I'm, I'm looking to I'll cut your lawn, or um, I have all this yarn that I can't possibly use, and I'd love to give it away. Um, and then you're matching um, an item with a need. And it's within your community and you get to meet people and really establish these community bonds that are so important for our resilience. I love it. I love it. You've shared like amazing ways we can start to integrate today. And everybody who's listening, you know, you don't have to do everything at once, but you know, you pick and choose. I read your blog. Like, it's not like you have to throw out all your plastic because that's also working in the opposite way, right? Like use what you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah at other options. So this is so valuable. Um, I think a lot of people feel like, well, like, everything's been like, it's kind of too late, right? Like, really, am I going to make an impact just one person? Like, can we talk a little bit about that mentality and mindset? And kind of like, if we don't make these changes, like, how bad is it going to (laughs) get? And I know you're not, you know, fortune teller no it's 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 really difficult not to fall into Mm -hmm. like climate doomism I I get it and I and I will be honest that I do struggle with that every day you know like I'm out here not using saran wrap and then someone flies off in their private jet like okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know so we can we can go down that road but I know one of your the questions that you wanted to ask was, um, you know, are we doomed to inherit a world that's already so damaged? And I mean, the fact of the matter is that the climate crisis is here. Mm-hmm. We are currently in the midst of it. Um, and so now our goal is to mitigate the effects and imagine a new world, because the way that we are doing things is not sustainable and has never been and will never be. And so I think what we can do instead is fall in love with those solutions. We are right on the edge of green energy and we really need to 
you know, lobby your local representative, your provincial, your federal rep, um, that this is what we need here in Canada, which is warming four times faster than anywhere else on earth. Uh, we have the capability for this. We have the capability to be a climate leader if our governments will act. And that comes from us. That's where I really believe climate action starts at home. So, you know, be <laughs> the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Be that person who's emailing your MVP every week. Um, I know mine doesn't appreciate that, but, <laughs> well, <we laughs> but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still going to do it. Um yeah, so I sorry, I'm sort of losing my train of thought here because I want to say 500 things at once, but mm -hmm. it's not too late. It's never too late. It's only too late if we stop. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really, a really good. You know what? What, what will be will be. We have to figure out a way to live in the world, um, and that's what we're really on the precipice of. Is it's not just about green energy. It's about community. It's about mutual aid. Um, it's about integrating the earth as a living being into our consciousness um, to really, you know, get right with how we are living on this earth. And there are so many ways to do that um, if we all do something. So true. So true. Even when it comes to our health, like as a naturopath, I, you don't have, it's like all, you don't have to pick all or nothing. It's like, just start, right? Just take one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, that old adage that, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. Mm -hmm. It's a great expression. Um, I love all the information you shared. Is there anything else you wanted to share before I ask how people can connect with you and work with you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk for 10 hours, Lisa? Yeah, I actually um, do, but our listeners probably yeah. have to, you know, tune out for a little bit. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I guess basically what I just wanted to say is is sort of what I've already touched on, that it's not too late, that we don't need um, millions of people doing things perfectly. Uh, we just need everybody to do, you know, something according to their circumstances and their ability. We are all good at something, and that can be transformed into climate change or climate action, rather. Um, you know, if you are into fashion, let's get into sustainable fashion. If you're into cooking, we can go down that road. If you're into outdoor activities, you know, there's so many different ways for you to come to this work, but we need you to come to this work. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Um, and if people are looking to take the next step and kind of understand your services, how, do, how can they work with you? How can they connect with you? Uh, you can find um, all of the things that I've talked about at rapid speed here uh, on my website, which is sustainableinthesuburbs.com. Um, I've abandoned it a little bit this year, but we'll be getting back into it. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff on there um, from, you know, zero waste lunches to eco-friendly gifts and Halloween and, you know, 10 tips for going zero waste with kids, all that sort of thing to get you started. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, which is just uh, my name at Sarah Robertson Barnes, and you can slide into my DMs there anytime. And as far as what's coming, um, I have a digital product in the works, uh, so a workbook for folks to get started in their homes, and hopefully that'll be available in the early new year. 
Love it. So we'll share all of that information, how they can connect with you, and also some of the resources you mentioned in our show notes. And don't worry about, you haven't been speaking rapidly because I just talked to someone who listens to the podcast and they actually put it at one and a half speed. So maybe Tony and I need to speak a little bit quicker. (laughs) You're probably like right on, right at the sweet spot there, but no worries. I loved how much you packed into this half an hour. Um, So we'll share all of that. Now we'll move to the next part of the podcast. So first of all, I can share my super mom moment and if you have one to share after you can if not you can pass no pressure um but we were we were driving home from the cottage yesterday and we were in the car um but we used that as an opportunity um to have a conversation about body safety and safety in general sometimes we just don't set aside Mm -hmm. time for difficult conversations. And now that Stuart's, you know, six and a half, you know, any age is good, you know, talking about using proper names for body parts and how things, Mm -hmm. you know, are some things are inappropriate. And even if things are coming from someone, you know, or trust or a a figure in your life, yeah, consent, all of that. So that'll be my super mom moment. We had some serious conversations. And then we had some fun playing some just silly games in the car after but that's my super mom moment. And Sarah, do you have one you want to share? It's interesting that you gave that example. Did he bring it up or did you bring it up? I was trying to remember because it kind of seemed mm-hmm. to come up organically, something about being in the schoolyard. Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't quite remember. I think it's that perimenopausal mom brain, but it came yes. up somehow. It wasn't really like out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. no, that's, it's just interesting because I find that our sort of best teachable moments are when they bring something up. It's a it's an invitation to have that conversation. Um, and so that happened recently with my oldest. Uh, he's in grade seven now. And for Truth and Reconciliation, they watched uh, the Heritage Minute on uh, Chani Wenjak. And he it it really impacted him. And, you know, he came into our room at about 10 o'clock at night to talk about it. So it was clearly on his mind. Um, and he hadn't really thought about what maybe maybe put himself in the shoes of the kids that he had been learning about uh, in the residential school system. And it was a really powerful and important conversation that I don't think we would have been able to have had I just brought it up. Mm -hmm. So I think that may be more of a super kid moment, but in that moment, I was really proud of him uh, being able to, you know, voice what he was thinking about and then be able to receive the information and really develop a lot of empathy and, you know, kind of righteous anger about it. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a super mom moment to use that, mm. the, you know, the questioning as the gateway to open up that conversation. And it sounds like you, you know, handled it the best way you could talking about such a heavy and, you know, mm. really unimaginable subject. So that's definitely a super mom moment. So I know we're doing both as good as we can of a job, but we'll share our mom mess up so I can go first. And if you have one, you can share. Mm, um, sure. This is a, like just kind of like, it's not a huge deal, but we haven't really been talking about table manners, whether it's sitting at the table the whole time you're eating dinner when you're with other people, you know, as kids, mm. they 
get up a lot, kind of bouncing around. Sometimes the wrong words come out or the wrong subjects come up that other people might get a little bit offended about. Pete and I are pretty easygoing, but we were at the cottage with family. And then even just with like chewing with your mouth open. I know in North America, it's like rude. Um, We haven't really talked. I've I've brought it up a few times. We're still working Um, on it. We're still working on it. So I'm trying to not like make him self-conscious, but also like help him recognize it's probably just a little bit more, you know, better manners to to chew with your mouth closed so we don't have to see the food in your mouth. But anyway, that was that's my mama mess up. So I've got to start a conversation there. I don't think he's going to bring it up, but you never know. <laughs> Honestly, Lisa, same. We're still working okay. on. Can you can you chew with your mouth closed? You put your napkin on your knee. Can you take your fingers out of your food? Uh, it's a work in progress yeah and uh and I'm just sort of waiting for the peer pressure to kick in on that one yeah (laughs) that's a good point they'll they'll listen to their friends but not us all the time right yeah (laughs) and I know you're doing awesome but do you have any mess ups you can think about Oh, I honestly, I'll be very honest here. Um, just, it's just losing my temper sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm, I'm maybe need some more in my cup and we'll just, we all do it. Um, but just, I can just think of recently trying to get lunch together yesterday and which is everything else that was going on. I just, I, I lost my temper about a piece of burnt toast. That's not helpful, um, but (laughs) it happens. And then, you know, I just tried to later be like, yeah, that was, um, that was a bit much that was burnt toast. And I didn't mean to take it out on you guys. So just sort of trying to own the mess up. Mm-hmm. That, that's a moment. Yeah. That's a super mom moment in the end, right? If we oh. <laughs> admit that we made a mistake, right? We all, we all try to like, we try to work on that too, where we're like, oh, mommy could have said that a little bit more gently or not reacted. Yeah. yeah so you sounds like I think it's important to show that you're a person. Like, I'm a human being and I'm going to get annoyed by things, you know, just as much as anybody else. But, uh, you know, it's all in the repair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Well, you're still doing an amazing job. So thank you for sharing. And now we'll move to our mama must have. So I'll go first. I just realized these have like, this is like a packaged product, but I think I'm you know, mm-hmm. using it That's a little okay. bit better. Yeah, but this yeah. is um the LMNT. It's like an electrolyte powder. I just got some mm-hmm. samples on last week when I was at a conference. I'd never had this one before. And they're kind of in individual packages, which is not so great, but I only use a quarter at a time because it has a, it's like a thousand milligrams of salt in the whole package. They have one that's like a chocolate salt flavor. So I added Mm. it to some boiled water and I mixed in some Organica, Organic Traditions, coconut milk powder into it. So I kind of made my own latte. So I'm probably like, I'm not a big Starbucks person, but you know, instead of going to Starbucks and getting something like that, I'm making my own. But now I'm like, "Mm, hopefully they have like the bigger canisters of the LMNT because that's what Mm. I usually try to go for for different kind of drink powders but it's delicious anyway so that's my super or my mama must have is making an lmt lmnt it's a tongue twister for me right now chocolate salt um hot chocolate with the organica coconut milk powder Mm, so that was really good amazing we actually touched on a on a little low waste kitchen tip that i could have mentioned earlier which was um, you know, it's not necessarily about the packaging, but the type of packaging. So um, if you're used to buying small little yogurt cups, buy the big tub of yogurt and then portion it into your reusable container. It's still a package, but it's less packaging and the larger ones are more likely to to find a reuse. Uh, so I like that you mentioned the packet versus the canister. If 
if it's available and you can afford it and you can store it, try to do the bigger package. Great point. Um, yeah. So my, my mama must have right now is I'm really into cold plunging. Uh, I just I love that. Started, too. Awesome. I just started doing it in April and it's been really incredible for me. Uh, and so I just went for a swim in the lake on Saturday morning and still feeling, still feeling good from that. So I don't know what the water temperature was, but the air temperature was five degrees. Um, and I just find not only the physical benefits of it, but the mental benefits of knowing that I can do a hard thing have been really transformative for me this year. That's so powerful. Yeah, I was in the lake at the cottage too. So yeah, the lake felt cool. Uh, the air was cooler probably, but yeah, it's amazing how grounded it makes you, right? Because you kind mm -hmm. of panic and then you have to focus on your breathing and you're really aware of the present moment. So I love yeah. the cold plunging too. So I can share some some of my favorite places to do that. And there's a great um, company called Stay Unbounded that does like, retreats and they do events in the in Toronto here there's one on November 4th at the beach where it's like a community cold dip I don't think they're a part of it this year but I'll share some information with you on that too so yeah it's fun to do it in in community as well um, absolutely it's it's been just so transformative and also I've been doing it with um sort of a different group of women every time and now that I'm in my mid-40s I'm really sort of leaning into the the power of women and community and as we, you know, transform into our next phase of life. And yeah, it's not something I ever thought I would do, but here we are. <laughs> we reinvent ourselves in our forties, right? We surprise ourselves yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's not all downhill from here, right? <laughs> no, there's lots to look forward to. Exactly. Well, thanks again, Sarah. We'll share Thank the show you. notes. We'll have to have you on again because I know there's so much we can unpack. Um, but I think we're all left with really good practical tools to start to implement ourselves as well as for our kids. Um, and now I'll just share what else Tony and I have going on. So Dr. Tony's next hypnobirthing session for expecting parents looking to decrease fear and anxiety to support their natural instincts around labor and birth is happening this fall. Or yeah, I guess it's happening any moment now. So you can join her at mm -hmm. www.hypnobirthingcalgary.com forward slash um, register. So thank you everybody for listening. You can email us or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love you to subscribe, leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page. Please tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. So stay safe and healthy, everybody. Until next time. Bye.